Welcome back to another volume of Truly Disturbing Tales from Reddit. Today we're going to be narrating three new and settling stories, taken directly from the platform. I encourage you all to sit back, grab a snack, and enjoy these terrifying personal accounts. Now, without any further delay, let's jump right in. Wendell was a panhandler near my college. I always gave him my change when I had extra. Now usually I keep a hard rule not to give money to individuals, because I'd rather give it to local charities instead, where I can be sure the money is going to a specific cause. This one panhandler, though, he always sang opera music. Quite beautifully, all things considered. Even though it was clear he was begging for money due to poverty and homelessness, I always thought it was admirable that he was trying to perform a service in exchange for the money. And I also didn't like carrying coins, so... I gave whatever I could. I would occasionally strike up conversations with Wendell, even if I didn't have any money for him. He liked to make students laugh with funny impersonations, or jokes. He was a bit older than us, probably in his 40s or 50s. So we'd mostly have quick chats about the news or the weather, nothing deep. Sometimes, he'd randomly share something so intimate that I'd feel obligated to reciprocate with something at least superficially personal. He'd blurt out that he almost went to college on a baseball scholarship, but drugs ruined everything. I'd be like, oh wow, sorry to hear that. I play volleyball. Not for a scholarship, though. See you around. Once Wendell called me over while I was walking with a professor, slash my advisor, and I didn't want to be rude, so I went over just to say a quick hello, and to introduce my professor. When we walked away, my advisor was pretty clearly horrified and asked why Wendell knew me by name. I explained our little friendship. He said the homeless in the city weren't like the homeless in my smaller town back home. I figured he was being elitist, and I think he could tell that I hadn't taken him seriously, because after we dropped the subject, just before I left, he reiterated that I shouldn't forge friendships with the homeless population in the city, or even give them money, because the chronically homeless tended to have criminal or addictive histories. I was surprised because my advisor is usually pretty progressive and compassionate, so I appealed to him with, Wendell is a victim of post-capitalist society, and all of the other things I'd learned in his very own class. But my professor wasn't having any of it. Basically saying, however, Wendell became chronically homeless. Now he was, and I should act accordingly. So my professor strongly implored me not to continue even talking to Wendell at all. I kind of shook my head, thinking, Okay, Boomer. And if anything, felt fortified by the warning. Like it was a confirmation that I was a radical doing the right thing. Leading a new path. Breaking down barriers. And bettering society. I got closer to Wendell. And shared more about my life with him. But the very next time I talked to Wendell, he was irritable and distant. And I wasn't quite sure why. Until he said, So your boyfriend? You two live together or what? I had no idea what he was talking about. I said, what boyfriend? And he said, the guy I met from yesterday you were walking down the street with. I laughed, explaining it wasn't my boyfriend. It was just my academic advisor. All of a sudden, he wasn't irritable anymore. He was as chatty as he'd ever been. I probably should have taken that as a red flag, but I didn't think about Wendell much at all then. I only saw him once or twice a week, and only for a few minutes at that. It was around then that Wendell started bringing me gifts. 
I'd pass him, and he'd have a flower for me. I never refused, because I figured it was a means of preserving his dignity when accepting money, like with his opera singing. One of my roommates did remark on the flower once. When I explained, she simply said that it was weird. I thought she was also just being elitist, and that I was enlightened, bridging the class divide, and superior to her neoliberal paranoia. I mean, come on, it was just a flower. My advisor clocked all of this and brought it up with me again a while later, saying he was worried I was being manipulated. I tried to tell him about Wendell's opera singing and impressions and how he even almost went to college, but then I remembered the reason he lost his baseball scholarship. So I decided then that maybe I should think about distancing myself a little bit. But very shortly after, the pandemic hit and classes went virtual. So to save on rent, I went home to my parents' house. Still in the state, but not near campus at all. About three weeks into being home, I was watching a friend's Instagram story when I heard Wendell singing opera in the background. And I thought, oh man, I forgot all about him. I hope he's doing all right. And that was that. I kept watching different stories. Later that night, something about the story kind of stuck in my gut. It had popped into my mind a few times subconsciously, and I had ignored it. But it kept coming back, so I decided to go and watch it again. That's when I realized my friend's video wasn't from our college town. It was from my much smaller hometown, which is nowhere near my college. That freaked me out a little, but I figured everyone moved around when the pandemic hit. My town isn't that small. It isn't that far from college. It was probably just a coincidence. I really wanted to mention it to my parents, but they'd always warn me against talking to homeless people, so I felt too embarrassed to explain the situation to them. Especially since it was most likely a coincidence, and I would sound so conceited if I were like, he definitely followed me, because aren't I just so great that he's probably obsessed with me? We have a type 1 diabetic in the family, so we took quarantining very seriously. I figured, I'll never see him anyway. I'm not going out anytime soon. It doesn't matter where Wendell is. And nothing happened. Well, one thing. A girl from my high school who also ended up at my college called me, and in summary said, this is going to sound really weird, but I feel like I should say something. I was downtown, and a beggar asked me about you. Like, specifically you. He knew you were on club volleyball. He knew your major. I didn't tell him anything, but I thought you should know. I was pretty alarmed at first because how would he know that I knew this girl? But once we talked, I learned she'd been wearing a sweatshirt from our college. So I thought about it and decided he probably saw that sweatshirt, figured she might know me from college since we were both from this town, and was just trying to find out how I was doing. I thought it was actually a little sweet, but also a little weird. But he was a little weird, and that was part of his charm. I thanked her, but told her not to worry about it. Besides, I wasn't in town much longer. I had decided to go live back near campus. It was impossible to get my coursework done with my whole family around all day. So I went back to campus a while later. Didn't think about Wendell at all until I saw him back on the same corner just a week after I returned. Okay, even I knew at the time that something was wrong. I stopped giving him money, stopped talking to him, but I was so humiliated by how high and mighty I had been insisting that nothing was wrong and that everyone else was being paranoid and elitist, so I decided not to tell anyone what I had noticed. 
I was already barely leaving my apartment, never going on campus, and his usual spot was right by school. I felt bad about potentially hurting his feelings or reading too far into the situation, but I figured he'd get the message, and better safe than sorry. After finals, I decided to visit my brother, who lives in a different state. His roommate had moved home, leaving an extra bed, so I drove up to his place to celebrate the end of the year and to get away from it all. About a week in, I was woken up way earlier than usual to the sound of my brother talking at the door. I got up to see what was going on because we weren't expecting anyone. We stayed totally quarantined because his state was being hit quite hard by the virus. My brother was talking nicely to someone outside through a crack in the door, but when he turned, he looked royally pissed at me. He turned back outside and said, hold on here. He closed the door, despite the other guy protesting, but I couldn't hear what was said exactly. My brother immediately got in my face and whisper yelling said, mom and dad are going to kill you. I had no idea what he was talking about, but my first thought was the cops had come to arrest me for something. It was the only logical thought I could generate first thing in the morning. The only thing I could imagine was being arrested for my fake ID, so I was really in shock. But my brother was still going. As best as I can remember because I was panicked at this point, he was saying, and I'm going to kill you too. This is so not cool. You didn't even ask? I wouldn't have said yes anyway, but you didn't even think to ask? I realized that didn't align with being arrested. So finally I was like, what are you talking about? He said, you're dating a 45-year-old guy? Older? Of all the people out there, I mean, Jesus... Dad's going to kill you and then have a heart attack and die, which will kill mom. And you invited him to my house while we're supposed to be socially distanced? You two can go to a hotel because he isn't coming in here. I wasn't a dick to him out of respect for you, but if he doesn't leave now, that's going to change. So I had no idea what he was talking about. None. I hadn't connected any of the pieces yet. Because you've got to remember, Wendell was such a small part of my life until this point. I almost never saw him or thought about him. My whole world had been turned upside down by a pandemic in the preceding months. He was background noise. So I just said the first thing that came to mind. Dude, I don't know why you're getting so mad at me. I don't have a boyfriend. I don't know what you're talking about. Someone's got the wrong house. My brother looked like he was ready to rip my face off. He said, we're adults. Come on, don't fucking lie to me. I'm not mom and dad. We can't deal with this if you're going to lie to my face. I said that I wasn't lying, and I think he could tell from my expression and tone that I genuinely was serious. So now he was as confused and irritated as I was, and he was like, he didn't just vaguely say he was here for his girlfriend, he used your name. He rattled off a ton of very exact info. He said you guys had a fight, and he was here to work things out. Now I've been looking for a boyfriend for a long time, so I was half thinking, hmm, Maybe dreams do come true. Might as well see who it is. But I was also starting to feel a bit sick in the pit of my stomach because I knew it would be one thing if this happened on campus or back home. But I had changed states. My brother moved to the state for school. I don't know anyone here but him and his friends. So I finally did the obvious thing and looked through the peephole. I almost didn't recognize him at first because he had showered, shaved, and changed into clean clothes for the first time since I'd known him. But sure as shit, it was Wendell standing on my brother's doorstep, hundreds of miles from his original corner. 
I was so scared that I couldn't speak. My heart was pounding like I was slipping under deep water with my legs tied. I just backed away from the door and sat on the couch and tried to collect myself. My brother thought I was affirming that there really was some secret older boyfriend who had just made himself known. So it took a minute for him to cut off his ranting and his dramatic, what will grandma think, stuff. Finally, he realized I was tearing up, and he sat down, calmed down, and apologized, saying we'd figure it out, and I whispered, still out of breath, no, you don't understand, he followed me here. My brother still didn't get it. What? What was your fight about? He asked, still thinking the guy was my boyfriend. I managed to repress the panic enough to explain the broad strokes to him, but I don't think he fully grasped how creepy it was in the moment because he was like, I'll take care of this. He went to the door and called from behind it. Yo, just checked. She's not here. Must have packed up and got out this morning. You should do the same. I'm taking this social distancing real serious. As he turned to wink at me. That's when, as my brother says when he tells the story, she got real. Wendell said, you're lying. I heard her in there. Tell her I'm sorry. I don't know why she's been avoiding me but I got cleaned up for her, and I'll take her anywhere she wants to go. Tell her that. Tell her. And don't lie. I'll know if you lie. That rubbed my brother the wrong way, and he said back, Bro, you're not taking her anywhere. Now get off my deck before we have a real problem. Wendell sounded like he was walking away, but instead, he was heading over to the window. When I saw him staring, he looked different than I'd ever seen him. Even a few seconds earlier when I'd glanced through the peephole, his clothes were clean, but they didn't fit or match. Eyes were bugged out of his head. White stuff caked on the corners of his mouth that I hadn't noticed at first. Shaking, just kind of disconnected from reality. He starts banging on the window, shouting things like, That's my girlfriend. You can't keep her in there. You little bitch ass. Let her out. I'm coming, baby. I'm coming. I couldn't tell if it was meant as a threat or a reassurance. I was so scared too scared to run, or even move. I think my brother was almost as surprised by the sudden outburst. He was rolling up his sleeves like he was preparing to go out there, and I was trying to make my voice work to beg him not to. I was anxious, scared, embarrassed, and sad that I had missed all the signs leading up to this, all of the opportunities to prevent it, that our friendship was never the wholesome thing I thought it was, and had so many thoughts swirling in my head, fear being chief among them. All I could do was scream, not words, just a guttural moan and cover my ears to drown the whole situation out. Before my brother could charge out the door, Wendell punched through the window. Nothing actually happened when he punched through, and there was an eerie moment of silence where nobody moved. I think even I stopped screaming. But when he pulled his hand back, all hell broke loose. A fair amount of blood started spurting out when he retracted his hand. The things he was shouting started to make even less sense, along the lines of, Look what you did to me. This is a test. I told you I couldn't be stopped. And the look in his eyes got even more distant. I think the sight of blood, which has always made my brother really squeamish, made him realize this was real. And he finally yelled, Damn it, sis, call 911, while he leaned against the door which Wendell was now repeatedly running into. I don't even remember making the call, but apparently I did. Because within 10 minutes, the police arrested Wendell without resistance. He kept trying to tell them his girlfriend was trapped in the house, 
and he'd come all this way to save her. My poor brother was even momentarily handcuffed and had to explain he hadn't taken me hostage. Probably one of the most haunting memories of the whole event is, as they carted Wendell away for a rest, he began singing opera music. I've learned a lot of important common sense and life lessons from this saga. But most of all, Wendell, wherever you are, let's not meet again. I'm not quite sure how to start this story, so I'm just going to go ahead with it. My boyfriend, 20, and I, 21, live alone, and we both work weird hours. He leaves for work around 10.30 p.m., and I leave around 4 a.m. It's starting to get cold outside, and I drive a 30-year-old Honda, so it takes a while to warm up. One morning, I went outside around 3.45 a.m. to start my car so it would be warmed up by the time I was ready to leave. When I went outside to start my car, there was nobody else outside, and no other cars parked that I could see besides the ones parked in my neighbor's driveways. There was not a car parked in front of my house, down the street, anything. At 4 a.m., it was about time for me to leave. I got all my stuff ready, and was walking to my car. As I'm walking, I hear a man yell, Hey! I ignored it because obviously it's 4 a.m. and dark outside, and I'm a woman, so I don't know. But I noticed his car was parked directly in front of my house, which is honestly weird to me by itself. So then again, he yelled, hey, but it was a bit louder this time. I still refused to even look in that direction and pretended I didn't hear him. He yelled over and over again, hey, can I get a jump? Asking me to jump his car. He kept getting louder each time and seemed like he was starting to get frustrated. At this point, all I was thinking was this guy was not out here 15 minutes ago. How did he suddenly pull up and have his car die right in front of my house? Seems rather convenient. So anyway, I continued to pretend like I couldn't hear him, got in my car, immediately locked my doors, and left. As I was driving away, I kept my eyes on the mirrors, and when I got about a block and a half away, I saw his headlights flip on, his car start up, and he drove away perfectly fine. Didn't look like he needed a jump at all. So why was he asking me for one, if his car could start up just fine? What would have happened if I actually did go and try to help? I could be overreacting, but to me the whole situation seemed suspicious. My grandma always said a man would never ask a woman for help, especially with a car. My boyfriend said one time that he wouldn't ever approach a woman at night, just for the simple fact it might make them uncomfortable. I told him what happened, and he said that it was weird as well. I don't know, it could have been a trafficking tactic, kidnapping tactic, or something worse, but it was definitely strange. One of my friends joked that someone could be watching my house, and I get they were trying to be funny and lighten the mood, but it's definitely kind of scary when you have an experience like that. Especially because if that were the case, and someone was watching my house, they would know I was completely alone for a few hours at night. I'm still trying to wrap my head around this, and figure out if I'm overreacting or not. This was just a few nights ago, and honestly, I've been kind of scared going out to my car, or just being alone in general at night since. Any thoughts? What was that dude up to?
This all occurred a bit over a year ago. Me and my girlfriend decided to have a date night at the beach, figuring there'd be less people if we went during the evening hours, and it would be much cooler out. Important to note, we're both young women, 20 years old and 23 respectively, but I in particular have a younger looking face. We came in our bathing suits, found a quiet area away from everyone, and put down our towel to hold hands and look at the stars and waves. It was a super nice time, until the creep that this story revolves around approached us. Guy comes up from the direction of the general entrance area, looked about mid-thirties. Going to paraphrase here, but he said something along the lines of, Hey, me and my family are new to this area. My wife and my four-year-old daughter want to sit with someone so we can be a little less lonely and make some friends. Can we sit with you guys? Weird vibes immediately. It was like 9.30 p.m. at this point, and we were distance away from the people already hanging out there. Who would bring a four-year-old out to a beach this late? Why would you want to sit with some strangers? And why would a family choose to hang out with some college-age women? This was clearly some bullshit. Also, of course, no woman and child matching that description were in sight. My girlfriend and I politely decline, but he becomes more and more insistent and animated. I start to panic and fumble for my pepper spray and my tote bag. I was nervous and trying to be discreet at the same time, but it took an agonizing amount of time to find it at the bottom of our towels. Somehow, he didn't notice, and once I had it clutched, we got a little more bold trying to get rid of him. Girlfriend lies and says we're underage. Guy gets visibly mad and says, No, you're not. I respond, spray in hand. Dude, you need to leave. The look he gave us was the scariest thing. He took a step back and looked at us both as if he was sizing us up. Then he goes, you guys are f***ing liars, and wanders away. We watch him as he moseys off. Dude doesn't return to a wife and kid. Me and my girlfriend got back to our car ASAP and called the police. Sketch vibe was unreal there. We gave them his description and took the f*** off. Far as we know, Nothing came of it. The question we still have is, what was this dude trying to do? He wasn't under the influence as far as we could tell, and his story seemed so rehearsed. We still theorize on what his plan was, and neither of us can reach a conclusion about what could have happened that night. Thoughts and theories? Obviously we can think the worst, but we're just wondering what his game plan was. <laughs>